Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is... God! 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 To be the man! You gotta beat the man! The 2-1. Swan Lane drive left hand! Water on his end! This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. I'm your host, Jason, down here in Tampa. We are in the midpoint of July. We've got uh, about six weeks or so to the college football season and the NFL season starts. College football will begin Labor Day weekend and the NFL will begin that following Thursday after Labor Day. So we're getting close. NFL training camps will be opening in mass starting next week for a lot of teams and then end of the month for everybody. So we are just a few more days away until it's NFL back in the spotlight with training camp, preseason games before you know it, Hall of Fame inductions and such. So we are real close to it being full-blown football season. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at JPOSports. It's the Twitter handle. Appreciate you finding us. Again, we're on all the podcast platforms that you that you access us. Tell a friend. Forward the podcast to your friends and colleagues who are sports fans. We, we talk all things throughout the year. We've got a good episode for you this week. We're going to talk to Christine Arians. Christine is the wife of just retired head Buccaneer Super Bowl champion Bucks coach Bruce Arians. We're going to catch up with Christine to talk about what she and Bruce are up to this summer and this first summer of retirement. How's coach handling retirement now that it's permanent and there's no going back and all that good stuff. So we're going to have a very good conversation with Christine about post-retirement and all the good things that they're going to do, not having to worry about being the day-to-day coach in the NFL anymore. So you'll you'll enjoy that conversation. Before we get to Christine, I just want to hit on, hit on a couple things. Got the we got the British Open starting on Thursday at the old course in St Andrews, Scotland, the famed St Andrews, the home of golf. It's amazing when you do a little research on St Andrews to see all the history of St Andrews, the golf course, the city. Just I mean, golf started from all indications five six hundred years ago, and it was in St Andrews, Scotland, of all places. So. Uh, this is the 150th British Open this year, so the, they are doing all kind of uh, celebratory things. Jack Nicklaus uh, being, you know, Tiger Woods, all the great champions, all the great uh, memories of St. Andrews. So it'll be a very cool week in St. Andrews uh, this year. Obviously, Tiger Woods will be playing this year. Uh, you know, he did not play in the U.S. Open. He played in the Masters, played a little bit in the uh, – PGA Championship before he had to withdraw, and he really focused his efforts to get here to St. Andrews for the 150th uh, playing of the of the Open Championship. Tiger also made some news this week with his strong comments about the Live Tour, about how he was anti-Live Tour, and about 
how he thought the players who joined the tour kind of turned their back on the PGA. So some very strong uh, comments. First time you've heard from Tiger on the Live Tour controversy. Again, very strong comments for for Tiger and good for him. Obviously, he you know he he made his hay on the on the tour and all that stuff, and he's the strongest voice on the tour that's come out in in, in support of the tour. So so again, you will start to see here once this major season gets over, as we get through the end of the year, you'll start to see some definitive uh, positions taken by the different. Uh, PGA Tour, by the RNA, by the USGA concerning whether the Live Tour players can play in future majors and how they're going to, how their golf ranking points and all that stuff will be accumulated and all that good stuff. So I think you'll see a, a battle and a fight. There'll be some courtroom stuff as well, some lawsuits, I'm sure. But uh, some again, some strong comments from Tiger Woods concerning the Live Tour. So as for the tournament, um, which one of you are getting up at 1.30 in the morning Eastern time starting on Thursday to watch this tournament? I can't say that I'll make it up. Um, one of the cool things about this tournament, especially the first two rounds, from start to finish, it will probably take somewhere in the 15... Excuse me. Got a sneeze. Got a little head cold going on, so I do apologize if I sound a little stuffed up. That on a little head cold, so. But the British Open coverage will be 15 hours or so in rounds one and two. So if you're a golf junkie, this is your tournament. You can basically watch from 1.30 in the morning until probably 5 o'clock in the afternoon if you really wanted to watch every bit of golf, especially the, the first two days. Saturday, all Players will go off in threesomes off the first tee. There's no double tee, split tee stuff. They all go off. Saturday and Sunday, the tournament will be over fairly early in the morning for people on the East Coast. So, you know, coverage will start at probably 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning on Saturday, Sunday. You'll get your tournament over with probably by 1 or 2. And then you'll get to enjoy your, your Saturday and Sunday. But... Again, Lynx Golf at its finest at St. Andrews. The weather's supposed to be pretty good. So be interesting to see what the scoring is. Usually the weather's good. The scoring is really low in the Open Championships. They say that this course is playing as fast as they've ever seen a Lynx course play. So length won't be an issue as far as the Bombers go. Uh, the, the shorter hitters will be able to compete just as well. So be interesting to see. My prediction, I'm going to give you a couple names. I'm going to go Rory. I, like, I really like Rory. I think he's due. He's really uh, played well in the major season this year. Played really well. Jordan Spieth's a guy that's had a lot of success at the Open Championship. You can get Spieth at about 14 to 1. You get Rory at about 9 to 1. Tiger Woods is 66 to 1. I do expect Tiger to probably make the cut. I do think he'll be able to make the cut. Um, but as far as to win, I don't think he, I don't, it'd be a hell of a story. It'd be a story of all stories if he were to, be in the mix Sunday Sunday morning uh, in Scotland, but uh, 66 to one, a, a long, long haul to get there. A couple names: Rory, Spieth, Shane Lowry, and Zala Torres are the four names I'm going to give you. Spieth, Lowry, Zala Torres, and I think Rory McIlroy is going to find a way to get it done to break his major drought. I think he's again he's playing well. He's from that part of the world, so he's used to that weather. If he can 
You know, this is going to be a chipping and putting contest, I think, because there's going to be so many of these greens that guys are going to be able to get close to as far as driving them, almost driving the greens, if not driving them. It's who can putt, who can make their, their slow greens. Uh, again, the weather's not supposed to be terrible, so the, the wind shouldn't be that huge of a factor. I'll take Rory McIlroy with the straight driving and enough putting to get it done to win the Open Championship. So, um, last thing I want to hit on before we get to Christine Arians is the Major League All-Star Game coming up next week in Los Angeles on Tuesday night. Home Run Derby's Monday night in Chavez Ravine. Do you even care about the All-Star Game anymore? I know I don't. Hard watch. There's really nothing on the line. It's, it's tough for me to watch that. Um, you know, I used to watch the All-Star Game back in the day. Have fallen out of favor. The big event of the weekend, it tends to be the Home Run Derby, which is on Monday night. You're going to have a pretty big field. You're going to have Pete Alonzo, Tampa guy. Albert Pujols, kind of the, the old-timer. Old Soto, Schwarber. Uh, no Aaron Judge, though. Judge is not going to participate. I, I, you know, I wish he would. It's something he should probably do a couple times in his career, especially a year like this year when he's playing so well for the Yankees. But no Aaron Judge. But again, Pete Alonso goes for the three-peat um, of home run derby dominance. So we'll see how that goes in Chavez Ravine. Will be a star-studded crowd, I'm sure, with the celebrities and the sports figures out in the L.A. market. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Chavez Ravine's always a pretty cool place to watch a game. Never been there, but on TV it's very beautiful, very uh, scenic. So we'll see how that goes. But again, for the All-Star game, I can't get into it. I just don't have any uh, much interest in it. Um, you know, all that stuff. One thing I do want to mention, that's a disgrace. Ten Kansas City Royals are not vaccinated. Heading to Toronto this weekend to play the Blue Jays. Ten guys can't go into Canada because they're not vaccinated. That is that is a absolute disgrace. Uh, those guys, you know, that's just a joke. If you're on a team sport, we kill Kyrie Irving for not doing it. We've killed other guys, Carson Wentz and others. You got to kill the Major League Baseball players that are not vaccinated. Uh, that's just a bad job. You're in a team sport, and I know it's only three games. Maybe for Kansas City, it might be, you know, they might play in Toronto three games, maybe six games a year, four or five games a year in Toronto, but it's just a disgrace. The thing, the other thing to think about with these guys, there are going to be a couple of these guys that are traded at the deadlines. A couple of these guys are going to be wanted players by contenders, and if you're a contender, are you going to make a trade for Benintendi or a guy like Michael Taylor, if you know they're not vaccinated and you have to go to Toronto in September to, in a in a critical game to try to win a to try to win a wild card spot or division title, that's just that's 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 the part I can't I can't will be very interesting to see what these general managers do uh, on that front. So bad job by the Royals and those ten guys down on them at, uh, for, for for that. Um, as long as we've been doing this, get the freaking vaccine. Okay, please, 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 please. I mean, it's just, a, it's just, it's, it's an abomination. I don't like it one bit. But uh, yeah, that, that's all I got to say about that. So, well, there you have your, there's your headlines for the week. Again, British Open, NFL training camps are starting in another probably week to seven or eight days. You'll see some camps starting next week. All Star Game, Home Run Derby. Give me Pete Alonzo to go for the three-peat 
at the at the home run derby. This guy loves it. He wants to be in the event. Again, he's Tampa product, playing high school. And the other thing on on, the, on this weekend is a Major League Baseball draft. So shout out to Sonny Deshera. Hopefully, my buddy from Auburn, All American first baseman. Hopefully, he gets drafted uh, this weekend for the draft and has a gets off gets his pro career going. So. There you have it. We'll be back in just a minute. Christine Arians, wife of Super Bowl champion head coach Bruce Arians, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, just retired. We're going to talk to Christine about life and retirement with coach. So stay tuned. We'll be right back in just a minute. We'll be back to the podcast in just a moment. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. If you, need to, if you are in the house purchasing business this year, this summer, Reach out to Titan Home Lending to get pre-approved. You need to be pre-approved before you start house hunting with your realtor, before you can make an offer. All sellers are going to want to know that you're pre-approved. So reach out to Titan Home Lending so you can figure out how much house you can afford based on your financial situation. FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, if you're self-employed, we can do non-QM type loans. If you're a business owner and such, if your credit score is not great, we do have options for you as well. So definitely reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida that you're looking for a home from Key West to Pensacola to Jacksonville to anywhere in between. Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. You can search us online uh, at Titan Home Lending. We can help you get approved for your home mortgage, and we'll definitely get you a very good interest rate to match along with it. So Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404, and ask for Jason Powers. All right, welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast and our Life of the Wife series. We are so pleased to have back the original person that we had on the Life of the Wife series, Miss Christine Arians. Everybody knows Miss Christine. She's the wife of uh, just retired uh, head football coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians. And we're going to get into that part as well. But Christine, welcome back to the podcast. Really appreciate you spending some time with us again. Thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me. All right. First thing I just <laughs> said, recently retired coach Arians. <laughs> Talk to me about how that transition is, Coach. If you, for those, everybody, most people know, obviously, Coach Aaron's retired from from the Buccaneers. He's serving in an advisory role with the organization, kind of not as not nearly as much day to day as he was as a head coach. From your perspective, talk about how that change in schedule and a routine is kind of the last three or four months. How that's affected you and the family life. Yeah, well, you know, this is his third try at retirement. And he's making it this time. He really is. It was almost an instant. You know, he's he's like most athletes. He's at least a little bit ADHD, you know, never could sit still. Um, Not a sit down conversationalist by any means, although he learned to do it. But um, it was it was obvious. I mean, it was very noticeable to everybody. This is the story I love to tell. So a lot of coaches are this way. Like they get home from work, they're exhausted. They've been going, going, going 24, you know, just 24 miles an hour. That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) 
a hundred miles an hour. Anyway, um, and they don't really want to talk. So they come home and and you ask them a question and they grunt and you say, uh, was that a yes or no? <laughs> and after about six questions, you get tired of trying and then you let them just be quiet. So he comes home now, not every day, but a lot of times he comes home all chatty and he just wants to talk and we talk and talk. And I'm thinking, who is this man? <laughs> We've been married 51 years and I've never seen this before. <laughs> You think, so, it's just the, you think it's just the kind of the weight of the pressure of the job off his shoulders? It absolutely is. You know, I think back when the kids were little, I was a stay-at-home mom. We didn't have any money. You know, the kids and I would jump on him when he got home. And the poor man, I mean, it was, we finally came to an understanding, you know, give him 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> let him, let him um, depressurize from the job. Um I, I, I hate to have to say this, but it's true. There's a lot of coaches out there that make put more pressure on the job than is needed. Right. Pressure comes with the job. It's it's inherent. But right. some coaches just add extra pressure and extra stress and just raise that stress level up. So we've worked for a number of those over the years. But um, yeah, clearly, obviously different. And he's enjoying himself so much. I really think it's going to stick this time. <laughs> Not to mention maybe nobody else would offer him a job. So, <laughs> how, how fun is it from your perspective, whether it's on a Tuesday morning or a Wednesday afternoon that you can, first of all, you can sleep in until 9 and 10 o'clock if you want to, or on a random Tuesday, <laughs> you can say, Bruce, let's go to the beach for a walk on the beach, or let's go to lunch at whatever our little favorite spot is, or on a you know, just those kind of things that you kind of couldn't do probably as much during the, any, especially during the football season. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, um, I don't know what his schedule is going to be like yet. I right. do think this football season, sort of this transition year, he'll be more involved and we're both kind of used to doing our own thing. So I don't know how much of that's going to happen quite honestly. <laughs> Now dinner, yeah, I think he'll be home in time for dinner, and Most we'll probably be doing that. But um, after this season, I think things will be way different. But right. this, he's really transitioning and hoping to help this team succeed. Sure. So, how do you think? How 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 excited is he that he? was very involved in getting a Todd Bowles another opportunity uh, to be the head coach, a guy, that, a guy that he's recruited in college way back all those years back at Temple. He's known yeah. Todd forever and yeah. you know, player and a coach, and Todd's been so instrumental in, in Bruce's success and, and vice versa. We're, we're family. You know, we, we go back. Bruce was 30. Todd was in his 20s. It's like, right. that's how long we go back. So that's what it was all about. Right. You know, he really did not expect Tom Brady to retire after the season. Right. And had he not retired, I think he would have transitioned into retirement then. But it's like, I don't want to turn a, uh, a job when you, and you, you don't know if you're going to turn the job over to Todd or not because right. you have to interview coaches and blah, blah, blah. But he wanted his guys to have a chance at success. You know, it, it's so weird the way their league works. You take a team that's desperate enough to fire their coach and probably owe him millions of dollars. Right. 
And then you hire a guy, a lot of times that's never been a head coach before and turn over a mess to him and then expect him to fix the mess. So that didn't work, you know, at the Jets. And Bruce wanted to give Todd a situation that really he had a chance to succeed. And he knew, he totally knew he was ready for the job. So um, when Tom came back, I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this. Now, it's typical NFL stuff. Yeah, it took three weeks to right. get it all worked out sure you know there's contracts and stuff. you have to do that. an interview process but guess what everybody was under contract so how do you do an interview process right they had to have a meeting because some committee meeting and blah. anyway after three weeks of being quiet <laughs> it finally got done and was announced and yeah finally happened how 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 um Obviously, you you and Mrs. Bowles. I don't know her. I don't know what is what is what is it? Tanika. Tanika. Okay. Tanika. So you yes. and Tanika. I'm sure. I'm sure. Obviously, Todd was a head coach with the Jets before, so she kind of got the hang of kind of being the head coach's wife. But I'm sure there are things that you can offer her and knit tidbits and nuggets. Well, you know, we go we go way back together too. So okay. I the day they announced it, actually before the announcement, I knew she knew so I went ahead and called her yeah and you know we talked a little bit and she does know how to do it she's been a head coach's wife but you know we all learn how to do it because we're all assistant coaches wives you know we know what we like we know what we don't like um I reminded her you don't work for the team so you do what you want to do because you know ain't nobody giving you a paycheck with your name on it you know Right. right um and she but she understands all that and this, this was my thing. I said, so, so you're going to keep having monthly lunches for the coaches? Yeah, oh, yeah. I said, you're going to invite me? <laughs> <laughs> she said, oh, yeah. <laughs> so awesome. I get to still to see my girls, I'll tell you. <laughs> and one, one thing, one of kind of Bruce's legacies, I think, just from the outside looking in, <laughs> is how his, how his loyalty to his guys. I mean, he has so many of his guys that are on his staff now have been with him for a long time in different stops, whether it's college or the NFL, or he has relationships. I know, you know, your son, Jake, when coach Christopher and all that stuff back in Michigan yeah. state and all, how, yeah. how, how proud are you of, of, of Bruce of, of maintaining that loyalty and how proud is Bruce of being able to do it his basically do it his way. You know, well, that's it. So he doesn't know any other way to do it and he's not capable of doing it any other way. You know, the, the reason I think he didn't become a head coach until he was 60, despite, you know, Super Bowl rings and lots of success, is that he doesn't play politics, doesn't know how, isn't able to, doesn't want to. But loyalty is part of who he is. His whole family is just extremely loyal people. And so loyalty has to go both ways. Right. We've also worked for people who like wanted loyalty, but didn't give loyalty, you know? So um, yeah, the loyalty goes both ways. I, I don't know that I'm proud of it. It's just who he is. And it's why I love him. I can yeah. tell you that. One yeah, of the <laughs> and the other thing I would say, one of his big legacies as a coach, whether if he never coaches another down is so many opportunities he's provided to African-Americans, minority coaches, women coaches, giving them opportunities mm-hmm especially in a league that's very 
you know, you know, I've, you know, it's very who do you know kind of a league, and they oh, don't yeah. they don't tend to get opportunity. Maybe the best coach doesn't get an opportunity. Just talk about how proud are you of him of giving those. Yeah, I mean, people these are his, these are his guys. These are his guys and and women. <laughs> you know, they're they're his people. So he doesn't think in terms of oh he's black or minority or it's a female or what. It's like right can they do the job? Are they my kind of people, you know? So that's just, you know, he played on a peewee football league back when he was a little kid. I won't tell you how many years ago that was, but it was a long time. (laughs) (laughs) He played for a black head coach on a mostly black team. He had a head back then of very blonde hair and they called him whitey because it's supposedly because of his white hair. (laughs) And, And that's just, they were his friends. That's who he played football with. That was his coach. You know, that's just, that's just the way it is. And, you know, because he was looked over for so many years, um, possibly because he doesn't play politics, who knows? Right. Um, But the fact that he was looked over, he doesn't want his people to be looked over, you know, that's part of that whole loyalty thing. Yeah. All right. A couple of, (laughs) of career questions for you. Was there ever a time? Was there an ever a time when Coach was an assistant coach, let's say in the NFL or in college, that he regretted not taking a job that maybe he was was he was he ever offered a, a head coaching job in college when he was maybe in the NFL that he had an opportunity to say, you know what, I really maybe want to do that one time, or was he hell bent on being an NFL head coach? No, no, um, he was hell bent on doing a good job coaching and supporting his family. Yep. So. The career path, I mean, you know, the truth is we both got tired of college football. Okay. And wanted to get out. So um, we'd been in pro football and back to college. I was back and forth for a while. And then um, we both like, let's not look back because it's college is a whole different thing now. <laughs> don't get me started on the NCAA. But um No, I don't think he would say that. I think he would say, and this is my perspective, that whether you're fired or you move on to a different job, like whatever the reason is, it ends up for the best. And and I tell young new coaches' wives this. I said, you know, I know you're a woman of faith. So now is when, like, when your husband loses his job, that's when faith becomes really important. You don't understand at the time why it's for the best. Right. Someday, I promise you, you'll look back and you'll say, oh, my gosh, every time we had to move, (laughs) every time, you know, we were unemployed for several months or whatever, every time it ended up being for the best in one way or another. And I I just, I don't think he has any regrets. There are some jobs that, you know, was really hard at the time and kind of wished he had made a different choice or, or had had a different choice, but no, I don't think so. How, how many opportunities over his career were, I know, you know, I know you were a critical element in making these decisions and helping him weigh out the pros and cons, I'm sure, maybe not the football part of it, but the, but the, just the living and the moving and all that with young kids. How many times did, did, did you really feel good about, hey, I really helped him make a great decision here. He made he was maybe leaning another way to do something else. And I really influenced him and helped him do that. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Um, okay. I, it was, 
everything was always joint, you know. I didn't try to tell him which job to take. And a lot of times, by the way, you don't have an option. <laughs> you take the one that's available. <laughs> but but um, he always wanted his family with him. Yep. We're not one of those coaching families that, you know, the kids and the wife stay behind till the kid graduates high school or whatever. Nope, doesn't happen. Um, he wanted us with him. So he would start house hunting. And he narrowed down to like a neighborhood or an area of town. He narrowed down to four houses, maybe. Allow me to see the four houses. Let me know which one he wanted. And that's usually the one he <laughs> Because he wanted me and the kids to be there as soon as possible. Right. Usually took, you know, about three months or whatever. Right. But right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Talk about your, you're spending some time at your lake house up in Georgia. Talk about how. Is this, is this going to kind of be your retirement house is where you think you're going to settle? This has been the forever home since we bought it. Okay. Yes. Um, you know, it's a, it's a small rural community. It is growing, but yeah. um, it's just so beautiful and so peaceful. We, it's like our own, this sounds silly, I guess, but it's like our own little resort. Yeah. We're both getting to the point where like, we don't even have a desire to get in a plane and go someplace tropical because we can look out our window and see water and hear the birds and, you know, hear the water. We have fountains and stuff. So hear the water running. Right. Like we have everything we need right here. Do you guys, you guys like the water? Sounds like you enjoy getting out on the boat. And yeah, we do. We're, we're more lake people than ocean people, quite honestly. Yeah. And we're not really beach people. Right. You're gonna you're gonna die when I tell you this. We <laughs> haven't been to the beach. Well, we've been on the beach to like walk over and see the water when we were at a bar or something. Right. <laughs> right. But we haven't been to the beach to like lay on the beach since we've lived in Tampa. And I'm with you. I grew up in Tampa, <laughs> and you get so used to it of the water being there that you don't ever go as a as just to have a fun day at the beach. And I'm with you. I rarely go to the beach just to go to the beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 funny how how that happens. Yeah, right. yeah. So you're listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. We've got the great joy of talking to Miss Christine Arians, uh, Bruce Arians' wife, and and talk to talk to us about again. You're you're an attorney in your background. You have a law degree and all that good stuff. So all those accomplishments and. Um, talk to me about your foundation. You, you, you guys just had a big event back in April. You have an annual event here in Tampa. I know you do stuff all around the country. Give, give the, give the audience a little, a little perspective of the uh, eighth annual Arians family foundation event that you guys had in April in Tampa. Yeah. So it was a blast. Um, weather cooperated. We were out at Innisbrook. Um, we were on the Copperhead course this time. Right. So everybody was thrilled because they got to play Copperhead. Um, wonderful support from the sponsors, from the, from the box, the box are the most, well, the Glazers that own that team are the most generous owners, I think, in the league. Um, very, very, very supportive. Um, and, you know, I would say we didn't raise quite as much money as we did Super Bowl year, but that's what we have kind of found is the pattern, you know, you have, you have a big year, you might have a couple smaller years, and then hopefully you do something great and yep. <laughs> a big year again. But uh, lots of support from the players, uh, coaches, 
just wonderful. So um, hopefully we got a lot of publicity because part of why we do what we do is to recruit volunteers to be the GAL volunteer or the CASA volunteer, depending on the state and how the programs work, um, that work with the, the foster kids directly and make recommendations to the court based on the best interests of the child. What, what does that child need to be, you know, to, to grow up to be successful and happy? So there's never enough volunteers, right. you know, and there's just so many kids in the system. It's just so sad. Um, I, I those, wish for those of you that don't know, the Arians Family <laughs> Foundation, kind of the, the theme of it is and the really the, the initiatives they really concentrate on are working with foster kids and in a variety of different states. I know you you've talked to me about Arizona. You guys have a, have have stuff in Arizona, Pennsylvania, obviously here in Florida. Just talk about the 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 joy you get about seeing kids that have had a tough tough background and tough upbringing, get yeah. help that they need and get the, the support that they really need to, to excel moving forward. As that, that's what I have found out about volunteer work. So I went from being a family attorney where you're dealing with basically broken families that want divorces and stuff. Um, and then I found my first CASA program. Actually, we were in Indianapolis with the Colts. And it was like, oh my gosh, I love this. And I actually worked for that organization as an attorney, but I also volunteered. And I realized the volunteering, I feel good every day. I can't, I don't know how to fix the world, but I can help a child sure. every day. And every little bit of help adds up, you know? And so it was like, whoa, I love this. So in a way, volunteering became almost selfish on my part because I loved doing it, you know, it wasn't, it was hard, don't get me wrong, it is hard to work yep. with some of the circumstances you're working with, but, but that's the thing, I can't not do it, you know, like, you see the need, I just feel like I have to do it, um, and we've recruited, we've recruited a bunch of people over the years that hopefully feel the same way, I know they feel the same way, because they keep doing it, <laughs> so, yeah. The good thing is you're going to have one more volunteer to be able to help you more this moving forward and coach. Oh, yeah. So he knows from the last time he tried to retire <laughs> um, here in Georgia. Um, it's a different program from Tampa, for example, because it's rural Lake counties. But there's still lots of kids in need. And the hardest kids I have found over the years, at least for me, are teenage boys. You know, they really, they have a lot of anger, well-deserved anger, but they act out on it. Yeah, you know, little old ladies are not probably their favorite thing in the world. So, but, and maybe, maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I can't imagine a teenage boy that doesn't relate to Bruce, you know? Right. So my theory is we will become co-casas. He'll go through the training with me. Each, you have to go through the training for each separate program. Right. And we will become co-casas. And I already told Lori, the director here, I said, you know, just, you know, pick out those hard teenage boys and give us those cases and we'll go to town. <laughs> that's neat. That's no, no, that's great. I mean, you guys do great work. Again, you guys are in multiple markets around the country. And that's, that's, that, that's, that's the cool thing about so many, 
celebrities or famous coaches and that kind of stuff is you don't see a lot. I mean, everybody probably does a little bit of it, but you guys are really out in front and center and doing that and very open about it. I think that's a great, that's a great thing for everybody in the community. And like you said, Bruce is a great guy to, to probably for a teenage kid to deal with because he's straight and real and he's keeps, you know, he doesn't sugarcoat things and that's what teenagers need to hear. Uh, you hate to say it is yeah. especially from somebody that's been successful. They need to hear the straight talk of, this is how it's going to be in the world when you get to be an 18 year old kid. And when you're well, in so many of the boys don't have a father figure in their life, right. you know, uh, hopefully they do maybe a grandfather or something like that, but um, no such thing as, you know, too many people to love a kid. So. Absolutely. No, absolutely. All right. So how do you think a couple more questions? I'll get you out of here. How, how, how do you think you're going to, how are you going to change? Do you think you're going to change it all? When you when you're watching the games in the fall, and obviously Bruce <laughs> might be at the game, but not on the sidelines, y'all might be sitting together up in the uh, up in the stands or up in the box. How do you how do you think your fandom is going to change at all? Well, we will have our suite, or I will have my suite. My husband will not sit with me. No, um, for one more year. Why? Well, that was one of the first things I asked him. I said, "You gonna want to watch games with me?" He said, "Hell no." <laughs> So he and Jason have a plan. Um, okay. I know Jason's been on the sideline the last few years. Bruce will not be on the sideline. No. Um, he doesn't want to look over his guy's shoulders and he doesn't want to get the team in trouble for cussing out the refs. Because <laughs> <laughs> when you're not the coach, they don't cut any slack on that. So um, they have a plan sitting together somewhere and allies and everything. And yep. so we'll be at the game. We'll go to the games together, but we won't be together. <laughs> Um, and I actually look forward to start watching them on TV, quite honestly. You know, it's, it's a production. <laughs> we've, we've had so much, we have ever since he's been a head coach, we just have so much company game weekend. Right, right. And I used to do the driving and lead a caravan of cars to the stadium and blah, blah, blah. And I stopped doing that. I just hired a driver with a, a sprinter van and it's like if you're ha at my house at such and such a time, we'll give you Believe a ride to the stadium. Otherwise, you're on your own. And but still, it's a production, and I'm the one that has to organize it. And yep. I I will happily get out of that business. <laughs> <laughs> what what are you have, you have any things on your bucket list that you and Bruce kind of want to do in the next couple of years? Whether it's just as a couple and things that maybe you haven't just haven't gotten gotten around to doing yet. Probably not. I will tell you, I felt like when he won the Super Bowl as a head coach, I felt like my bucket list was done, which is silly because I'm, I'm not the one who won the game, but, um, but you're just that's the way I felt, you know, and, and this, this is what we want to do. We want to spend as much time as possible with our family. Good. We'd like to be able to start going to Virginia Tech games. That's where Bruce played college football. We're both grads from there. Yep. And, you know, just little things like that. We don't have any plans to, you know, hike the mountains or travel the world or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, maybe we'll fit some of that stuff in. Maybe not. I don't know. We're pretty content. <laughs> I'm so happy here at the lake. It's just like, that's, I don't even have to get in the car and go to the store. I can just be here all day and be happy. <laughs> no, that's seriously. <laughs> Well, you guys have had it. You guys have both had a great career, and I really appreciate the time. I and mean, you guys are—you guys have been such a blessing for this, you know, for 
for the city of Tampa for doing what you guys have done coming here and changing, changing things around. So I really want to thank you guys for the, on the, forget the, on the field stuff, all the good stuff you guys do in the community. Uh, and, 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 and you, you've brought back the joy of football to this community. Seriously. Uh, well, because, I will tell you, Tampa's our favorite place we've ever coached and ever lived. The okay. people just, the people are lovely. You know, they, I could tell you stories about other places. We'll, we'll just mention one, Pittsburgh in particular. Okay. Which is crazy. We won two Super, one to three Super Bowls there in his eight years there. And yet people would like stop him in the street and criticize his coaching or carry signs at the stadium, fire areas. I mean, just. Yeah, stupid. Like, yeah. Yeah. Two things I wanted to mention, though, Jason. Um, one is um, Aaron's Family Foundation is trying a new program where we will um, reach out to the schools and offer volunteer opportunities for the high school kids with, with the foundation. It's called our Speak program. Oh, dear. I'm not going to remember all the, all the letters. Um, serving with a purpose to empower and advocate for kids. And we're just getting it off the ground. Shelby, Jake's wife, is um, heading that up. We're starting in Arizona because you got to sort of figure out how to do it before you just spread it to any other programs. So we're really excited about that. And I just wanted to mention ariansfamilyfoundation.com is yes. the website. Yes. You can find out about, well, I don't know if you can find out about Speak There yet because we just had the meeting the first organizational meeting, um, but but that but you can um, donate there. You can kind of find out what we're up to there. You can find out how to contact us there. Very cool, very cool. I know you guys, like I said, I know you guys do a lot of different work. And uh, is Jake and Shelby both out? They're both out in Arizona. Is that yeah. where they're based out of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, so definitely. Google Arians Family Foundation. They've got. I've been on their website. They got. They do a great job with all their different programs and very easy to understand and read and. Contact them if you have any questions. If you want to donate, they would love the support and they will definitely uh, reach out to you and get you involved in a program. But but again, just from my perspective, I very much appreciate your time. Enjoy your summer out on the lake. I know you're going to enjoy all that that downtime. Oh, and yeah. I know I know you, 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 you've served a you've served a uh, great role over the over coaches coaching career doing all the great things you've done behind the scenes and you're just as much a part of success as coaches so i just want to thank you again for uh being open thank to doing you, this and would love to stay in touch with you absolutely good okay. seeing you jason great christine have a great summer and we'll talk soon okay absolutely thank okay. you okay we'll be right bye -bye. back bye-bye well i hope you enjoyed christine arian she's a fantastic woman does a lot of philanthropic work her and bruce in the state of Florida, in her state of Pennsylvania, Phoenix, Arizona, and all over the country. So thanks again to Christine Arians. Late July, August episode, you're going to be action-packed, full of college football and pro football. We are going to, starting in the last week of July, we're going to do a, starting a division-by-division division preview of all eight NFL divisions. We're going to do an in-depth breakdown, teams, divisions, record predictions, division winners and such. I got a good group of uh, great guest analysts lined up to break down all these divisions in the NFL. We're also going to break down the big college football conferences, SEC, ACC, uh, Big Ten, 
Big 12, all that good stuff. We're going to break that down as well as we get towards opening weekend, which will be Labor Day weekend or late, late, late August. They'll start playing, but Labor Day weekend, they get going full bore. So um, good. look forward into the August episodes, and we'll see you around Powers on Sports Podcast. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.